This is The Machine Shop, hosted by Bobby Amo. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Bobby Amon, and this is The Machine Shop. And every week, we always talk about cosplaying. We talk about special effects and behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. So today, as you can see, there is someone else here in frame with me, and uh, I'm going to introduce her. Her name is Taylor Vitelli. Say hello. Hi, everyone. Taylor's a very good friend of mine, one of my best friends, I should say, and she's also a great cosplayer, and she also loves horror just as much as me, as you can tell by the shirt. So we're going to talk a little bit about cosplaying today, and as well as a few other things with Tay. So why don't you go ahead and get us started on how cosplaying, where, where did it start, what, what brought you to it? You know, give, it, give us a little insight. Talk um, to the people. I mean, uh, hi again. Cosplay, I think... For me, at least, it came from an early age. Uh, I've always been into theater, arts, uh, performing, acting, anything of the sort. And I think from that came the need to cosplay because as long as I can remember, I'd always see characters on screen, animated or not, and I just really wanted to be them. And I would walk around my house trying to uh, imitate some of these characters and try to be some of these characters. So. Gradually, as I got older and more crafty, I was able to start um, cosplaying. And my first cosplay, I believe, was Poison Ivy from the Arkham Asylum Batman video games. Um, so basically, I'm trying to think. I think I debuted that at like a Comic-Con or something like that um, back when I still went to the big Comic-Con that they had in New York. And um, from then on, I just started to create my own costumes. I started to um, do my own makeup for cosplay. And that's kind of where it all, I think, started up from is just the want and the will to act and perform. Okay. So in other words, it was, I like these characters. This is what I want to do. Yeah. Kind of I, I just want to be them. Okay. <laughs> hey, everybody's got something they want to be. So you might as well start with something you like. True. So when it comes to picking characters, wh what are you looking for? What is it that it draws you to something like, I want to replicate this or I want to make it my own. What's your, I guess we'll go with mental creative process first. Uh, well, I technically, if I could, I would go by, I like this character and I want to be this character every time, but unfortunately it's not very plausible for me to do every time. Um, so my main goal in doing a cosplay and trying to figure out which one to do is, can I bring this to life? Can I create this and put it on me and make it look convincing, make it look real, make it look like the character is actually standing before you. And that's where I usually take it. And sometimes it's a miss and sometimes it's not. Um, some of my, some of the most simple cosplays to create with my hands, like costume, some of the more simple ones have turned out to be the more memorable ones because not only do I have to create the costume, I have to put acting and I have to put their mannerisms into the actual cosplay because I don't like to walk around in the costume and just be like, Oh, Hey, how you doing? All that good stuff. Like I want to be the character. So I wanted to make it authentic as possible. Okay. 
So when it comes to making, now you obviously have dabbled in makeup effects. I've seen it as well. I'm sure some people who watch or listen to this have seen you do that. So where did that come from? And do you like to make your own stuff? Do you have to find props? So get your now get your physical creative process. Where do you start? What do you do? And go from there. Um, I mean, I'm self-taught in terms of makeup artistry. I started just uh, creating my own liquid latex wounds when I was younger. And then eventually where I ended up meeting you at um, the Freight Fest, um, I started to just watch the artists and see how they created things. And then from there on, I started to make bigger wounds, bigger prosthetics on myself. I ended up making, I think, an entire mouthpiece at Schaefer's one time with like fake nails as teeth and I would just move my mouth and it would look like this weird maw that would open up. I remember that it looked like a full mouthpiece you had on there, which yeah. made it come out really well. And it was just fake nails, liquid latex and toilet paper. Um, so from then on, um, obviously if I wanted something that was more accurate and I didn't have enough time to actually create it myself, I will buy certain prosthetics, certain pieces, um, Etsy, and Amazon um, are two big ones that I source from in terms of materials. Um, Mehron, Ben Nye, all those have good prosthetics that I can use. Um, but yeah, it, it just um, certain makeups take longer than others. Uh, you were there for my mummy costume. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I think, a three hour process to put Amanette fully together to paint my entire body, blend it do the markings on my legs, arms, body, face, and then wrap my entire body loosely. So it, it just depends on the actual makeup. It, sometimes it'll take an hour. Sometimes it could take five plus hours to do, and I need to plan accordingly to that. And it's not easy to do it for five plus hours in a row now, is it? No, I've had my fair share of laying on the bathroom floor, trying to like keep cool um, just from overheating and doing too much. <laughs> But anything, you suffer for the art. Suffer for the art. Yeah, that's one way to put it. <laughs> as I'm sure all of us do as cosplayers. I know I have myself and mm -hmm. as, as much as you have as well. Mm -hmm. So obviously you're a big fan of horror. Tell us some of the ones. Yes, yes, oh, well, I am. As you can see from the shirt here, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> for those of you who do the audio, you will not see, but as a Hellraiser shirt, as I'm wearing an It shirt. <laughs> so horror cosplays. You said the mummy. Give us a few other ones that you have done. And I guess name us a favorite out of the horror ones you've done. You've also done non-horror, but you've also done theater stuff. So you can dive into that too. Give us the, some of the ones you have done and pick out some of your favorites from each. Oh gosh. Um, I mean, I've done, no pressure. <laughs> I've done the mummy. Obviously I've done the bride of Frankenstein. I've done this costume. I haven't debuted anywhere. It has not yet left my house, but I intend for it to eventually, um, the Invisible Man, um, as seen on Claude Rains. Um, I've done Samara or Sadaku from Ringu or The Ring. I'm trying to say both names because some people get a little ticked when you don't use either her Japanese name or the Americanization of her. Um, I've done her. Um, I've done my fair share of zombies. I've done, um, I tried to do a few video game horror characters, one of which you were involved in 
very long time ago at Monster Mania. I believe that was Left for Dead, yeah, wasn't it? We tried to do a Left for Dead group cosplay. No, we didn't try. We, we no, did. We it, did. But, um, it was rough. <laughs> um, go, I was... Go, go into that <laughs> a little bit on I... how rough it was. Well, so if no one knows, like some people don't know what Left for Dead is. It's a zombie video game, multiple multiplayer. And there are special infected. And what I mean by that is there are certain zombie characters that have special abilities, special characteristics that define them from the normal horde. And we each chose a zombie to portray from Left for Dead. And I ended up choosing, because I wanted to be ambitious, I wanted to do the smoker. And if no one knows what the smoker is, it is this normal, semi-normal looking zombie um, who makes these hacking, coughing noises and emits this green smoke. And the reason it's called a smoker is because when it's nearby, you can hear it just start to hack as if it's got smoker's cough. And then the little characteristic that it has is it ha its tongue is a very long retractable weapon that comes at you, wraps around you and pulls you in so that it can bite you. So I made an entire jaw and tongue constructed from liquid latex and then the tongue was um pantyhose and like tissue paper stuffed in there and i i did a few tests and everything was fine but i did not anticipate how it would feel having that on for a full day because we ended up going longer than i thought we would so i walked around with this jaw piece covering about like the whole half of my lower mouth here and the tongue hung out awkwardly about it was about three feet it was, it was a three feet it was, it was very long, long it was a long tongue i wanted it to be authentic and it was just very it became very hard to walk and continue on after that because i couldn't do much eating or drinking with it i had to be very careful and then finally i think halfway through our day we sat down and I started to feel very woozy. Like I, ne I needed to drink something. So I ended up just ripping the entire piece off at the table and we ordered food right then and there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, we did. Um, so that's one of my more least enjoyable experiences with it. It was still a fun costume, but it's just, you have to really test it out and make sure that you're comfortable and that you can still eat and drink. Um, but, but you gave Gene Simmons a run for his money, oh just gosh. so everybody knows. Yeah, <laughs> that was a tongue. Um, but um, one of my more enjoyable experiences was probably cosplaying Samara. Um, Samara is a very simple costume. It's a dirty, dark nightgown, uh, black hair in my face. Um, got, only, the only difficulty is you have to make sure the hair doesn't part so that you can't really see her face unless you have the full makeup on underneath. Um, I painted my legs, my arms, and I did veins to represent the water damage that she took. And I think I remember that day. That day was fun. I just crawled around the entire Monster Mania floor convention, full on crawling on my legs, on my hands and knees. It was I really enjoyed that costume. And I think a lot of people remember me mainly for doing Samara. So I definitely want to bring her back at some point. Well, you definitely had some of your best scares with some of those people on the floor. And you had some bruises on you, too, because it's not easy to crawl around the floor all day mm -hmm. long. Yeah. But you did it. You um, pulled it off. I did. I so, would do it again. <laughs> I know you would, because that's, again, what we say is suffer for the art. As The art has to look good. If it doesn't look good, there's no point to it. Mm -hmm. 
so you've also done theater work uh, in college and in high school. I've seen you do some stuff. Tell us a little bit about that. I guess give us a give us a favorite show, um, and yeah, start start there. Give us a favorite show and go go from there. Okay. Give us a little bit of that experience too. I mean, theater has always been in my life ever since I can remember. Um, and I think one of my more favorite shows that I've done in terms of like just really enjoying myself and having fun with it every single time I did it was probably in high school, actually. Um, it's a very, it's an older play um, called The Importance of Being Earnest. Oh, excuse me. And um, the character that I portrayed in that was actually a very elderly woman. Um, her name is Lady Bracknell. She's the matriarch of her family. Um, it's a very old British um, proper play. So we had to have proper English dialect for that. We had to train on that. And I had to do, I had to have a lot of uh, old age makeup done on me by uh, Lauren Brandt, actually. Um, she did the makeup for me on that. And I, I still have pictures somewhere of that, I think. But the costumes for that show were just some of my favorite, like super like old fashioned Victorian, like gothic almost kind of a feel. I don't know if they did that on purpose because they knew I was playing her or if that was just the vibe they were going for with her. But um, I had to just, I had to do a lot of studying of um, more elderly actresses, more British actresses. I, I wanted to watch the way they moved, the way they spoke. And two inspirations I took from that were um, Judy Dench, who's part of the James Bond series with Daniel Craig and um, Dame Maggie Smith, who did a lot of the Harry Potter work as McGonagall. Um, so I watched her, I watched both of them and I eventually got the mannerisms down. And every night that we went on and we did the play was just super fun because she's a very nasty lady, um, but she does it so that it's very subtle and underhanded. So it's not fully in your face where it's like, if someone were to slap you across the face, it's more of a, I'm going to, subtly throw my cigarette behind you where there's like a small pile of wood and I'm going to watch it slowly start to creep up your leg. It's more of a very subtle, slow burn for her instead of a more indirect, like direct, like slap in the face if someone were to hit you. So I enjoyed that about her. Um, and I ended up, I think winning an award for that in high school, um, for, uh, best actress, I think in a show. And yeah, I mean, since then, there's been a few roles that I've enjoyed, but Lady Bracknell has like taken the cake. I, I kind of miss doing and performing as her sometimes. Like I'll sometimes slip back into the accent and just like walk around my house pretending I'm still in the play. Uh, we've heard that accent a few of us <laughs> for sure. And we're just like, I think that's a moment. That's okay. Let the actress come out. It's all right. <laughs> Okay. So, so you've obviously have done cosplay. You've dabbled a little bit in the um, theater. Well, more than dabbled and you've dealt with the, your young adult life. So conventions, where did that start? What was, Cause I know when mine started, I, I was 2005. I was 14 when I started going and I haven't stopped since you kind of came a little later. So discuss that your first one, what made you go? Who was the first celebrity you met at one of these shows? Okay. I remember this clear as day. Um, the first convention I went to um, was Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con. 
And um, I'd gone with a friend of mine, uh, Morgan, to that. And um, I'm trying to remember who did we meet. We met, um, we went as, like I said, Poison Ivy. Um, I went as Poison Ivy. Um, and I think that was my first experience with like a convention space. And it, it's a pretty big first experience because New York Comic Con at the time was like one of the bigger conventions in the country. And it was the one that everyone wanted to go to. And it's, it was very overwhelming at first because, like I said, it's the Javits Center in New York where it was held and it's huge. There's so much to see and so much to do and so many people that I was kind of overwhelmed by it. Yeah, that that show gets very, very crowded yeah. real fast. So it's a lot to take in when it's your first convention. Um, but we did meet. I met my first celebrity there, too. Um, Tom Felton, who played Draco Malfoy and Harry Potter. Ah, mm -hmm. Okay. We both ended up meeting him. Um, that was fun. I think I still have that picture somewhere saved. Um, but from then on, um, I think later on down the line, I became disenchanted with um, normal conventions and New York Comic Con, especially just because getting ticket prices tickets itself were nigh impossible. Um, you couldn't get tickets unless you did a waiting room. And then half the time you didn't even get tickets. Um, and a lot of the times the, like I said, it's very crowded and very, you can't move. Um, it's, it doesn't feel very personable to me. You know, you, sometimes you'll see people that, you know, from the previous convention and that'll be nice, but, um, it just, it just got very old very quickly for me and I wanted to try something new. And that's around when I started getting to know you and you brought up monster mania. And, um, from there, I think the first time I went to Monster Mania was without you. I went with Lauren Brandt, actually, because you couldn't go to that show. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't make that show. That would have been the first time we all, well, some of us went as a group. I could not make that show. That was an August show. Yep. And we went and we ended up meeting Mads Mikkelsen, who plays Hannibal Lecter in the TV show Hannibal there. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I think we went as conjoined twins. So we actually had <laughs> liquid latex connecting the two of us by the hip. So we were literally stuck together for the whole day. It, it, it was an experience. Yeah. And then you guys <laughs> needed to separate for like three weeks after that. Right. We did. Yeah. Her and I are both very like touchy feely, like huggy people. But by the time it got to separating, we separated by the hip and she pushed herself to the far corner. I pushed myself to the far corner and we were like, don't touch me. Don't look at me. I don't want to like see you for like a few days right now. Boy, rough. It's a rough crowd out there, you know? It is. It's very rough. But yeah, so okay. that would, uh, that was my first con experience. And then that was the evolution into going to monster mania and horror conventions, especially. Mm, okay. Yeah. Monster mania is definitely a favorite. I would definitely say among a lot of us horror fans out there, obviously mm -hmm. another one as well. in chiller theater. We went to a chiller theater and uh, a few years ago and you enjoyed that very much. Didn't I you? did. It was, I liked chiller. I think it's very, it's more personable. Um, it's, it's easy. It's easy to get around. The vendors are very sweet. The celebrities are also some of the more obscure celebrities that you wouldn't meet um, at other conventions. So I appreciated that. Um, and that was like the one time I also think that I wore those platforms where I was as tall as you for the whole day. Yeah, you were still short. You were only three <laughs> inches in, in height with those heels on. But we all can't be as tall as me. <laughs> but no, that was a fun show. We went in the April show. So yeah, no, that was good. So let's get into the horror movies a little bit here. Okay. A top five. 
horrible. Yes, I'm putting you on the spot. Here on the machine shop, yes, we talk about props and makeup effects, but for this one, we got to hear a top five. Okay. And don't mess it up. <laughs> Pressure. Um, Just a little bit here. Let me sprinkle a little salt on yeah, there. Yeah. Can I get a little salt on that? Because I'm feeling salty. Um, top five. I mean, maybe not in any particular order. I'm just going to put them out there. But um, the ring is one. Um, the original Lon Chaney Phantom of the Opera is another. Uh, I'm going to say this because like, I still think it's classified in horror. It's just more horror adventure. I would say, um, the mummy, um, with Brendan Fraser, um, blah, 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 blah. uh, two more spots, two more spots. Um, the conjuring I think is high up there as well. I, I always, anytime the conjuring comes on, I thoroughly enjoy watching it. Anything with Ed and Lorraine Warren, um, in that whole series, um, and I think another that I really do enjoy because just because it's like, or maybe I'll just maybe I'll keep that off the list and like mention that at another point in this interview, because um, it's more of like a feel good horror movie for me. I don't know why, but it just is. Um, but I'll say for the fifth one, you can't really go wrong with a scream, classic scream. Okay. All right. That's, I think that's a very plausible top five there. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So uh, we talked, so we're for horror. I know I, I literally started watching horror when I was probably about seven years old, that my first horror movie was Halloween six. Why that one? For a, not a very particular one to choose. I saw it said scariest Halloween on the box. So I went with it as a seven year old uh, at seven. I'm not wrong. What was your first horror movie? What was there an attraction to it? Did you just happen to see it on TV? Where where did it come from? What what brought you to horror? I mean, I think the first horror movie I technically saw was um, the original Nightmare on Elm Street um, when I was probably five. Oh, well, um, Got to start me young, right, folks? Uh, I saw it when I wasn't supposed to, and my mom turned it off, so I didn't get to watch it fully. But my dad, after that, I kept trying to beg him. I was like, let me watch more of, (laughs) I didn't know his name at the time because it was still very new to me. Um, So I just kind of kept saying, dad, I want to watch the pizza face man. (laughs) (laughs) I want to watch the pizza face man. And that's how his face came about. We can get into that in a little bit then. Um, I just kept saying that. And he eventually knew that I was talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. And he was just like, okay, look, I can't show you that right now but what about this because i just he knew i wouldn't stop pestering him like if i wanted to do something when i was little i would not stop pestering until i got my way um or until my dad gave me the look and then i stopped but with this my dad was like all right i can't show you the rest of nightmare on elm street but i can show you maybe something else and from there he introduced me to um what was it he introduced me to ghost ship and from ghost ship i got he showed me 13 ghosts and then he let it slip to my grandmother that i'd watch those things and she introduced me to the original lon cheney phantom of the opera and from then on it just kind of spiraled from there um so the first one i technically did see was nightmare on elm street but the first one that i saw fully through that i can remember is ghost ship 
And at the time you were five years old. So you were literally just as that movie came out, like it was starting to come out on DVD too. Mm -hmm. So that's when you said, okay. Pretty sure. Speaking of ghost ship real quick, I just read an article the other uh, this morning, I should say about what that original movie was supposed to be drastically different Mm -hmm. than what came out. So it's very interesting. That's another process here is how things change with everything. So I guess, so you had to refer to Freddy as the pizza face man. And since we talk special effects here, it's funny because that's how that came mm-hmm. about with him playing with the pizza, yeah. figuring out the face. So special makeup effects. What is something that I guess would um, inspire you to create a look? Now you have some original looks that I have seen. People might not have because either they don't have your TikTok or whatever, but we'll get to that information later on. What's it like if you see something, does it inspire a look or are you sometimes sitting there and it's like, I got something because I've done it. I know you do it. So when it comes to makeup effects, since you're self-taught, where does that inspiration come from to give you a look? Um, It's like you said, it can be something where I'm just sitting there and one day it just comes to me. Ooh, I've got an idea for a character. Let me make this. Or... um like with my TikTok, with my characters that I create, it comes from things like things that I'm afraid of, um, characters that I've already seen that I mashed together in my head to make like one big super character. Um, like for instance, I have a character named, um, named Arachnia and she's a spider queen. And if you know me, you know that I have a huge phobia of spiders. Um, I'm terrified of spiders. Um, So I wanted to kind of take that fear and turn it into something that I actually could enjoy and something that I could actually get behind. So I studied as tough as it was. I looked up pictures of spiders close up and I looked at their face. Um, I looked at hybrid creatures like in movies already. Um, I also another kind of point where she came about from is I don't know if you remember, we went to that one haunt like it's a famous haunt in Pennsylvania. Uh, Field of Screams. Field of Screams. And they had a house. It was like a bug house. Oh, yeah. And in the bug house was this state-of-the-art, amazing animatronic. I was terrified of it. I couldn't really look at it too long. But it was like a human-spider hybrid animatronic. And that like haunted my nightmares for a long time. But that mixed with like my own fear and all that good stuff kind of brought about arachnia. And most of her makeup is really just basic paint um, and shading just to give it depth. And then I put a filter on my eyes to make it look like I have black pupils because I'm a little bit of a baby when it comes to putting scleral lenses in. I, I just got the hang of doing normal colored contacts, but scleral lenses are a whole nother creature. So I'm a little afraid of those. Um, but yeah, so it just, it just, it depends. I could be sitting there and something can come to me or I, it could be a mixture of characters that already exist. It could be something I see that inspires me. I get inspiration from a lot of things, even from people I know I can create, um, stories and characters and poetry from. You do poetry too. I do. Yeah. Well now tell the world, please. I mean, I, it's something that I've, I think a few months ago I got back into because I was discouraged from it a long, long time ago. And I didn't pick up the pen for a very long time to do it. Um, But one of my 
um, my friends, Logan actually inspired me to get back into writing and gave me the confidence to, um, start up doing poetry again. And so every now and then, um, I'll post it on my, uh, my writing Instagram, some of my poetry. And I have a little book that I keep with me for most of the time, if I get inspired by something and I just start writing. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's a fun little thing to have to do. It's also a good way for me to get my emotions out and for me to pen out experiences that I have, or sometimes I'm just inspired, like I said, by people that I see, it could be a random person on the street, or it could be someone that I know very intimately. So you love the creative process, basically. I do. I, I really do like the creative process. It's a wonderful process, sometimes tedious, but that's what makes it fun. It is. <laughs> so I'm going to put you on the spot again. Okay. Uh, we have, but between the two of us, we know a lot of cosplayers. We know a lot of people who like to create. So now you need to tell me a top five cosplayer list. <laughs> and yes, everybody who watches this and or listens to it, make sure you check these people out too. Okay. Um, I mean, one of the top ones in my head that comes to the forefront is a uh, Corinne main. Mm, um, oh, she does oh, say wonderful work is an understatement. Cor like Corey, Corey has some of the best costumes I've ever seen in my entire life. The creative, you want to talk about creative process. She like, she's in the dictionary under creative process. Um, she did a whole alien queen costume. Um, she's, there's so many costumes that she's done that I can't even begin to spout out just cause there's so many of them. The, uh, the, the Cenobite, the, the Cenobite, head, oh. the hell, the Hellraiser priestess. Yes. Um, she is, if you haven't seen her at monster mania, hopefully like you will at some point, I know she has an Instagram as well. Um, but her work is just unrivaled to me and it inspires me to push myself more and more every time I see her do a costume. I think that was like one of our crowning achievements. And we, we joke with her about this too. When we beat, we beat her for the first time. Oh yes. The costume contest. We beat her as the camp counselors and Jason. And we took, um, a, we took away the throne. Sorry. Kermit. I know I was, I was honestly shocked because that year she did a uh, Mary Shaw from dead silence. Oh. And it was in like, I'm that was brilliant. It was amazing. I saw her and I was like, Oh no, no, no. Like, that's going to win right there. Like that's the one. And then she didn't. And I was like, us, we won, we, we won. Okay. But no, from there we started to talk more. Um, we started to like, you know, every time we see her, we would meet up and like talk and bond and everything. And so she's, she's probably my top, one of my top favorite cosplayers ever. Also just an incredibly sweet human being, mm -hmm. like very, very humble, her and her husband. Very nice. Both people. of them. Yes. So sweet. So nice. Um, another one. Um, and I'm not saying this to blow smoke up your booty, but you, me, you, <laughs> um, I feel smoke all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, no, uh, you, because, and some people might try to argue kind of like they argue with me about some of my cosplays. Oh, there's, they look so simple. You just throw on like a beaten up dress or a beaten up shirt and you put on this wig and you put on this mask and that's it. And that's really not the case. Um, like I've seen your creative process. I've seen you getting into character and I've seen the work you put into your costumes and it's very intricate. 
you put a lot of thought behind movement. You put a lot of thought behind mannerisms. And also like me, you don't like to go out as yourself with them. You go out as the character. Um, so much so that I think one time you were Jason and I was the counselor <laughs> and we were mm. taking, everyone was taking pictures with us and someone asked you to choke me and <laughs> you picked me up by my throat as we practiced. We did practice this um, for many weeks. We practiced stunt work. It's a lie. We practiced it two days in advance, just so. Well, no, we practiced the one stunt two days in advance, but we did practice. We practiced. Still. We practiced actual like choking for a few weeks because there is a way to do it without choking someone. And this particular thing, though, was half the stunt, half the practice that we had, because you had to lift me. There is pictures of this. Yeah, too. you had to lift me, but unfortunately. I was not the one that we practiced with in terms of lifting. You'd practice lifting Morgan because she was the lighter of the two of us. So they, you lifted me. And as you were lifting me, you squeezed. And in that moment, I started to see just black spots appear in my vision. And I was like, Oh, I'm losing oxygen. <laughs> we all make mistakes. They happen. And I, I nudged you so hard and you put me down and I was just, he was, you, he was like, Oh my gosh, was I actually choking you? I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> mistakes <laughs> but, happen, but you gotta have fun. Too. No, but like the point is you're very authentic with it. You're very like, you look like the character, like you walk like the character, you behave like the character. And you always are coming up with these creative ideas that sometimes I think like, Oh, what, like, where did you get that? Like, I want to know where that creative process comes from. So you're up there. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Another is our friend, Jen. Um, she, her costumes and her makeups that she comes up with um, are so interesting. She did, I think a, she said this took her like maybe an hour to do. And it shook me because I saw it. She did a Emperor Palpatine in her house one time. Oh, yeah. And she took a picture and I was just like, that's you. You did a Palpatine makeup in, in an hour. It was it was really good. It was just very, very good. Um, What? There's like two other spots left. You have to get two more spots. I mean, there's like so many other. Good cosplayers, um, especially on TikTok. Um, I oh gosh, I forget her name, um, but she's a recent one. I would probably say just because I saw her cosplay this character, and I immediately was just like, "How did you do that?" Um, I want to say her name is Elena, but I can always check at a later point. She's um, one of the tallest supermodels in the world. I want to say like she's very tall very 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 tall and i feel really bad that i'm forgetting her name but she's on tiktok and she just did a cosplay of um alcina dimitrescu from um resident evil village so she's the big tall vampire lady if no one knows what that is and she literally is the big tall vampire lady though because she is abnormally tall and it's so I saw that and I nearly like fell over just from like sheer joy. Um, Cause she looks like the character. Um, she looks just like Alcina. She has the claws. She has the dress, all that good stuff. 
So I would definitely put her up there too, just because right now I'm on a big Resident Evil kick. With the new game that just came out, make sure everybody check that yes, out. Yes, horror video games are a big part of my life, so definitely her. And the final one, actually, yeah, okay, so this person I also discovered on Instagram, Living Dead Boy, I believe, is their handle. I follow him as well. He mm-hmm. does some really great work. Amazing cosplays, amazing work. Um, he can transform into practically any character. Uh, he has so many looks. Look him up. Amazing work. I don't know how he does it sometimes. Okay, so you got some really good picks in there. For everybody listening and watching, uh, we'll try and get the handles to you when the show comes out. So if you want to give them give some I can't talk. Mm-hmm. Give them some love. Please give them some love. Sorry, we don't have editing here. We're going to make it sound as good as we can. Well, I think um well, now, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on Facebook, whether it's TikTok or Instagram, anywhere else. Give us some of your handles so that people can come and find you and check out your work. Uh, my TikTok, I believe, is just Mummy Dahlia. So Mummy and then Dahlia. And then my Instagram is the same thing, except there is a underscore after Dahlia. Um, Instagram and TikTok are my two main places that I use. Um, I also have a Ko-Fi, which if no one knows what that is, it's basically a place where you can tip creators or cosplayers to help them fund, um, their work and to help them, uh, fund future projects. Or even if you just saw a costume that you enjoyed and you really liked the content, you can tip them there. I've had a few people do that, um, for a few of my costumes and they all, people always ask me if I have a Patreon, so I always feel it prudent to include the Ko-Fi because it's similar to Patreon. You're just not subscribing. You're just tipping. Um, but those are the main two handles that I use. I have a Twitter as well, which I think is also Mummy Dahlia underscore. Um, I do. I am pretty active on there as well. But in terms of creative process and creativity, Instagram and TikTok. Okay. All right. Well. I believe that is going to wrap up this interview. I thank you very much for coming on for my third episode of The Machine Shop. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And thanks for this espresso. It was delicious. Oh, yes. By the way, yeah, we are drinking espresso. We get fancy here mm-hmm. in my house and, you know, it's homemade stuff. Excuse us for a second. Well, everyone, that is the third episode of The Machine Shop. Thank you, Taylor Vitelli, for joining me here. Thank you, Bobby Amon, for having me here. Oh, you're very welcome. (laughs) So for everybody who wants to hear this podcast and many great other podcasts, please head on over to theprojectlouder.net to say we have enough content to probably keep you going for the next 20 years of your life is an understatement. Podcasts, um, there's we, you can get t-shirts from us. There's so much content you can get from us. So please check us out. Uh, just go on the website, check us out on Facebook, come give us some love. You can see me again on Monday nights on the Gormore podcast with uh, TJ Bowser, the boss man of everything. Mr. John drains, drains, cat drain sack. I don't know if I'm saying his name. I'm sorry, John, if I, butchered your name i am really sorry buddy i love you and chad chrisman we're on there we have beetle bros we have uh, somewhat supernatural with uh, lord's scuba steve that's just to name two now three please come check us all out and come check out her on twitter instagram tiktok everything and everybody we have mentioned when uh, the show comes out i promise we'll try and get the handles for you if not start looking them up give them some love 
check everybody out who is on this. So I'm Bobby Amon. You can find me at Killing Machine Cosplay 93 on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook as well. Say your name one more time. And my name is Taylor Vitelli. And that is the end of this episode of The Machine Shop. So we will catch you next week or at some point in time. So uh, be sure to come listen and we'll catch you guys later. Have a good weekend, guys.